Welcome back to Wake Up with Nubian Tigers Talk, a podcast brought to you by a group of Black Princetonians where we talk about issues impacting our Black and Brown communities. This is the conclusion of The Healing Power of Black Art, featuring Gail Hall and Joanne McFarlane. I think it's a shame that more people don't cleave to the power of just making and that if this is a manifestation of your experience, of your inner, inner life, your life is valuable. Your experience is unique and valuable. So, you know, that's kind of like the space I'm living in. Yeah, I, I you know, um, a bunch of us in the group are lawyers, lawyers and doctors. And um, I'm constantly encouraging them as well as my former students to engage in some creative endeavor whenever they can, because the professions that we are engaged in are spirit destroying. And if we can just find some time or make some time is probably the better way to say it, to engage in something creative. It is, as you say, Gail, it, it's healing, right? And, and as you say, Joanne, it allows that inner self to be valued and seen. So I, I'm, I'm just loving what I'm hearing from you. So let me, let me ask, Oh, sorry, Ray. You know, because I'll take oh, uh, it. No, no, I'm sorry. Uh, <laughs> I'll have to edit. I'll have to edit this out. <laughs> so Joanne talked about playing. Mm. I want to know how Joanne plays, and I want to know how Gail plays. What do you do when you get inspired? What are the steps that each of you take to start creating one of your pieces? Gail, you want to go? <laughs> <laughs> It's, it's, I had, I had, um, I was doing, uh, I started off doing the portrait in words, which we've described. Um, so the really early stuff was 100% inspired by my relationship with my mom. Then um, I did, then I had an exhibition and I did a questionnaire, I put a questionnaire out to people what you know what they liked about my work what they were what they felt they could get from it um and a lot of people said that they liked the designs that I did within the portraits um and they'd love to see that on cushions and t-shirts and things like that so I went oh, okay um and a year later I am creating a home interiors range but I'm using it as my idea is why not have your house as a piece of art? It's a, it's a massive blank canvas. So I'm still create, I'm still hoping to create a bespoke range because like, if you want something, I can create it for you, but it will be a piece of art, but it may be in the form of wallpaper. It may be in the form of tiles. And so I'm still trying to create that relationship where I talk to you, to you and find out what you want in your house. Because uh, Joanne, you're creative, I'm creative. I know other people who are creative, but I know a lot of people who need to, you need to show them. And I like to work with color, I love color. And people are frightened of color. They're like, oh, I just want a white house. <laughs> <laughs> I just want white. And then you 
And then you, you know, and then you show them color and they're going, that's really great, but I'm not sure if I can do that. And you're thinking, well, why can't you? And then, so I'm, I'm trying to show people that they can have color and it's, it's, it's showing people who you are because people are not white. And I mean that figuratively speaking, people are colorful, you know, and they have energy. And if you've got all these things, then you have color. And why not put that in your environment? So I, I progress, hopefully I progress by listening to people. I feed off people and I'm creating our, you know, hopefully that people will like because I'm listening to them and then progressing onwards. Well, I can say that I, I definitely feed off people too. Mm. And I love interiors. So I've designed my space, which I'm in, my art poetica space to be the safest place on earth. And everyone who comes in here feels a sense of calm, which I have very intentionally designed. Mm-hmm. So I, I have spent so much time thinking about all of these issues that I know how to create safety. And because I feel the world outside is so aggressive, I have built almost like a fortress for myself and for others that feels radically safe. So it's fascinating, Gail, to listen to you talking about people and their fear of color, because I think that's true. And most people are afraid of themselves. Mm. That's what I see. Mm. That in, what way, in what way, Joanne? We're afraid of our own intensity. We're afraid that if we show everything that we are, that we'll be rejected mm-hmm. or that we'll get hurt. Yes. And because of that, that tentativeness, that's almost a part of most of our lives, we shortchange ourselves. So we don't have the most vivid, the richest lives that we can have. So when, when I think about, okay, well, what am I doing? What am I making? The space is critical. And I want, it's almost like a, an obsession with me, but the feedback is good. That when people come in here, I want them to feel like they can let their guard down because I wanna talk about what really matters. I want to talk about how we stay positive and heal and what exactly is going on here in terms of trying to control us or even worse, getting us to control ourselves. So my work is about doing something creative every day because Doing something creative every day means that I've let my my own guard down. And that's all I have to do. That already, that is a practice and is already so difficult. Sounds easy, but it's not easy. It's very, very difficult to be unguarded and to be open. So when I'm making work, I'm the reason why I do so many things. I write poetry, I make collages. I make oil paintings. I des- I paint. I make furniture from kits. I cook. I do every creative thing I can. 
But what I'm what I'm doing when I'm doing that is I'm telling myself everything is okay. You're gonna be okay. You're gonna get through this day. It's delightful. It's beautiful. Look around you. That is always what I am telling myself as I'm making things. Now, you know, each one of these bodies of work is a little bit different. So if I'm making my collages, that's the only body of work I have that's funny. So I do that when I really need to be relaxed. I really need to let my guard down because my oil paintings are not funny. And my poetry tends to be extraordinarily visceral. Yes. So, you know, each one of them are different, but I'm, I'm always moving. The reason why I'm doing so many things is because I, I have to keep moving, you know, I'm like a shark or whatever it is, you know, that you can't stop. No, seriously, because I, I have to stay, I'm, I'm, I'm avoiding depression. That's what I'm doing. You know, it's interesting to me that you both spoke about fear, uh, you know, and Joanne, in your uh, personal statement, you have, you have a, a thing about fear. And that resonated with me because I'm a big science fiction uh, person. And there's a line of stories called the Dune series. And they have a mantra in there that's very long, but the opening sentence is fear is the mind killer, right? And I love that, res I carry that phrase with me all the time. Fear is the mind killer. Um, and, and you're both speaking to that uh, in terms of how you're encouraging one, your own work and, and the people that work with you. So having said that, I see that both of you uh, use unusual um, spaces, if I can use that word, to, dis to display art. Um, like Joanne, you'll have multi-venue um, exhibitions and, and Gail, I was fascinated by your puzzle, uh, your memory puzzle. I thought that was, I, I was just blown away by that. Um, so tell me a little bit about your approach to um, how you pick the spaces where you want your work to be. I think I'm probably earlier <laughs> earlier in the career than Joanna is so I kind of pick the paces that are offered to me <laughs> um <laughs> yeah, but also I mean you know like the idea of the puzzle right normally oh, you art work on a puzzle the idea of the puzzle again um is 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 an interaction when I saw my nephew my mother's grandson they had a fantastic relationship my mother was towards the end of her life was losing her hearing. And so Sam, his name is, he'd be like, um, so girl, how are you doing? And But grandma, are you okay too? <laughs> yes, girl. And he'd, he'd walk, he'd, and he was like for the first five years of his life, he had, he had his grandmother. And he would, when he came and visit, he'd, uh, we made mum like a memory wall with all her old pictures and new pictures and everything. So when she, where she sat, she could see these pictures and he'd sit on her lap and say, who's this grandma, who's that? And um, she'd tell him. And that's how the puzzle came about. Cause I thought, you know, like Sam never knew his grandfather, 
Um, but because of her, his relationship with his grandmother, he knew him. And I thought, if you do a puzzle, you could do it through the ages, starting off with, in my case, in that case, with the grandparents and going down to the great grandchildren. And you can see the connections between them. And I find that with, it's like when you're doing, trying to learn about your ancestry, once you've learned something about somebody, if they're related to you, it doesn't matter how far back is, you suddenly feel a connection with them. So like now Sam has a connection with, there's three or four members of his family, my big sister who passed, that he has a relationship with because of the puzzle. And when he plays the puzzle, he may ask who that is, and then they'll tell them. Also, I created little pockets of information on the side of the puzzle. So if you really wanted to find out about X, you've got enough information to then go and learn in Ancestry.com or something like that. So, so you, you have uh, you, you created an Ancestry puzzle then? Yes, yes. And it is... It is it is to create a connection between the young people who don't know the people who've gone before them. Mm -hmm. And then the sudden realization that I really like, like my niece is a fantastic seamstress, but I can't sew, my sister can't sew, her mum kind of sewed, but my mum was an amazing seamstress. So you may, as the niece, you're wondering how come you're a really good seamstress and you can look back and say ah oh, that's where I get it from and 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 those those little links are really important and you know if you're in that sad place where you don't get to meet somebody but you know a little bit then you know you, you begin to know your history basically I thought that was fabulous I really did yeah. I really I, I enjoyed watching that little short clip on your <laughs> site about Thank the puzzle thing I was blown away by that now, Joanne, of course, you're, you're, you're in a different space, but um, wow, I mean, a multi-venue exhibit? I mean, how, how is all that happening? What's going on there? Well, you know, a lot of the discussions, I've had many, many fascinating discussions with my co-curator. Her name is Sasha Chachavadzi, and we've both been artists for 30-something years, and we both have studios in this particular building, this artist-owned building where I am now. So we've had lots of discussions in the last few years about how to survive and really thrive as older women artists at this stage of our career. Because this isn't what we expected. We thought, you know, we're gonna be winding down a little bit. We have certain skills, we've had certain shows, but this time turns out to be more exciting than anything else. And part of that has to do with being more open and being able to have these discussions with each other in a just lovely, lively, open kind of forum. And her emphasis is history and mine is more on just getting totally blown away by aesthetics and the beauty of things. So we're kind of like a powerful combination as curators. And we just started again to play we each have our own practice, but it's like, okay, well, why don't we expand that? What else can we do? So in that spirit of play and in the, the 
advantage of being able to rely on a colleague in that way, it's been really, really fascinating. So we just decided to start. And because we're both overexcited, we just said, <laughs> well, where can we do this? My space, it's all, I've been in the same studio space for 30 years. Wow. And everyone would, from the beginning, even when this was a very rough, unfinished space, would come in and respond to the light. So now that it's a live, work, and exhibition space, the reason why I did that was because it was like, well, what else can I do? How can I make manifest what I'm saying about creativity belonging to everyone, everyone coming in and feeling calm, everyone feeling like they could make something, that they have access to this thing that we call art or creativity that's very precious, but it belongs to everyone. That is like, I wanna draw a big line under that. It's ours. We just have to tap it. So for Sasha and me, we look, we're looking for places that are a little bit funky, that someone doesn't expect to find art there. People don't expect to find art in a boathouse, but when they come in, they are just delighted. The problem for me has never ever been the public. The public is eager and ready for you to do just about anything you want. They're just curious <laughs> and they want to see, well, what can happen? So I, I always feel totally, totally, totally comfortable with working with the public and saying, come on in here and, and see. And then listening for the feedback that says, wow, this is really working or what's going on here. It's extremely rare for somebody to be negative. In fact, I can't think of that ever happening. They might be quiet, they might not be sure, but they're very receptive and so putting art in unusual places or just exposing people to artists that they're not familiar with. Mm -hmm. But for instance, we have a show I just received, I heard word last week that I just received a NISCA grant of $10,000. Yay, congrats. Thank you. This is the biggest grant I've ever gotten. Fantastic. Oh, grant. Fantastic. For $10,000, New York State Council on the Arts for the exhibition affiliation that will take place at the National Arts Club in Manhattan. They were my fiscal sponsor. I'm a fellow there right now. So I'm really excited to, to do this and to have the kind of like the enthusiasm from, from NISCA for the proposal. Mm -hmm. And I, I will be working with Sasha and with another curator, Heather Topsick. In fact, I'm meeting them after our meeting to begin <laughs> to discuss what we're going to be doing in June. Yeah. So, so that, that reminds us that time is rolling. And, you know, as always, we're at too many things to get to. But before we segue to the last question, I just want to tell you, Joanne, I love that digital. I wrote the name of the digital poetry book down, but now my, my notes are so messy, I can't find it. <laughs> <laughs> it was tear, Tears of Something. Facts um, of my tears. Yes, yes, yes. It, it was, it was mind-boggling the juxtaposition of the uh, sort of Renaissance 
woodcuts with the with the poetry and I was like oh my god I would like to see more of that but anyway so I just want to get that out there because we're not going to have time to talk about it but mm-hmm. um as a wrap-up question which we always ask to all of our guests you know time is precious people's uh, attention is all over the place what, what's the one thing you want to leave our listeners with that uh, is important. If, if they didn't hear anything else you said during, <laughs> during this podcast, what what's the thing? What's the takeaway thing that you want them to have uh, from our discussion with each of you? Um, I would say that, especially in a time like this, what I would want people to think about—they may or may not agree—but that violence and creativity are opposites. And that just about the best thing I've ever done for myself and I recommend it to other people is to do one creative thing every day. With that in mind, that these are opposites. So in order to get your bearings in a time like this that is so filled with violence, doing one small thing and acknowledging that you've done it is a great way to just keep your equilibrium and stay open as we make our way through this. That's great. That's great advice. All right. What about you, Gail? (laughs) Me? That only has, there's there's two things, but one thing is that um, if you're, I mean, not everybody is as lucky as I was to have a loving, giving family. And because I had that, I was able to see forward. Because I had a powerful influencer all through my life who always pushed me forward, I strive, I want more, I want to move more. And it's trying to find that that love, really, um, that can give you so much power. And I want people to be brave. Say, I'm here. I'm wearing red today. And I don't care. (laughs) I want you to do I want people to say who they are. And not be frightened if somebody gives them a double look. Because if they're giving him a double look, they're probably saying they look really cool. (laughs) (laughs) That's what I want. And I think um, because I've been lucky, and I freely admit not, not everybody is, to have that power of love in my life, I, I, I'll, I'm moving forward. That's great. That's good. I love it. You sisters were wonderful. Thank you so much. Before we say goodbye, can yeah. each of you let our listeners know where they can see your work? Okay. Um, well, I'm in the process of upgrading everything because I went through that process of doing everything myself and that only works to a point. So <laughs> I've um, I've employed some experts and so I will have a, a brand new website early next year and, um, and I will send you the link to, I mean, I'll send you the link. To, it's going to be the same website as it is now, but okay. it's going to be new 
next year and it will it will show a bigger cross that's what's on the website quite now it is limiting to compared to what i'm doing now it's completely it's huge what i'm doing now compared to then and also i'll be relaunching instagram as well so those so there'll be some social media sites but that will probably not happen the upgrade will not happen until maybe next year but i will send you the link because the links won't change it will just the input right the content will change yes yeah joanne well, yes, my website is up to date and I'm always posting current events there. I'm also represented by a cold brief and fine art. So that also happened this year. So I'm really, really happy about that. Congrats. Thank you. Um, I'm on Instagram. Ooh. And so I will be sending some links about things, projects that are coming up early in the year. Mm-hmm. And I'm really, really, really excited that I have a poetry collection that is coming out from Grid Books in just a couple of months. It's called Pullman. Pullman. So a lot going on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But you, you right. sisters are smoking it. Listen. <laughs> we love it. We love it. And we'll we'll post as much of your information as you will give us and make sure that our listeners uh, know about you um support you and you know well maybe joanne we could meet up because i'm i'm i need to get on a plane i have not <laughs> been on a plane since 2020 yeah. and that I, would be great and yeah. i can't you know like i need to see a different country i really do well come if you come over. to new york i'll jump on amtrak and i'll meet y'all up there where, where do you live i'm in dc and i'm in brooklyn yeah, and, right. and Gail, if you come to New York, you'll get all of us, okay? That's right. <laughs> we'll I like that. We'll all get together. We'll all I, show up, so. And no, no, I like that idea, but um, yeah, I'd love to meet you all in person. It's, it'd be great. And in the so immortal words of Gail's mom, you go, girls. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Thank you so much for being yeah, on the show. Thank you. Thank you very much. That was a great conversation with Gail and Joanne Michelle. And for me, I just felt inspired by the, the idea of creativity and how it's a healing power for people. And we just don't have enough of that in the world today. Right, right. And there are takeaway words that uh, one, don't be afraid. Yes, right? yes. <laughs> and, we're, we're red. <laughs> <laughs> right, right, right. And that everyone can do something creative and that mm-hmm. we should you do something creative every day. I just love those two takeaways. So um, it's a wonderful way to end the year. Yep. I hope all of our listeners have a wonderful holiday, no matter how you celebrate it, Christmas, Kwanzaa, whatever, uh, Hanukkah. <laughs> and uh, right. just keep in mind, hashtag Black Joy. So we just want to let everyone know we're going to take our hiatus uh, for a little bit so Ray and I can recharge and we'll be- And get, and get some sun. Yeah, I guess, well, well, I won't be getting any sun. So. I'm going to be getting some sun. <laughs> well, enjoy your sun and try to send me something, but- <laughs> I will. And we'll come back uh, in 2023, hopefully with some really fantastic shows for you. Uh, so everybody stay safe, be well. See you next year. Peace. If you enjoyed what you heard today, visit our website, NubianTigersPodcast.com. 
In addition to the podcast, we also post a resource page for each subject to provide additional sources of information. Follow us on Twitter. Our handle is at Nubian Tigers, written as one word. We're also on YouTube on the Nubian Tigers podcast channel. Our podcast is hosted by Anchor FM, but if you have a favorite podcast app, we're probably on it. Just look for Nubian Tigers Talk. Looking forward to sharing some knowledge with you next time. Wake up, wake up, wake up.